Okay, welcome back to Fast Reforms there. My name is Tim Davies, and today I'm back in my tax shack, dropping two problems on a personal battlefield, helping when you win the wars, you're fighting! <laughs> 5.08 seconds. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, right, today what we're covering are some emails from some people I've written in, and uh, I've got three today. I thought these would be quite useful. Um, I've got them in front of me here, and I've shut down mail and everything else. Now, it shouldn't take too long, really. One of them is the email I get most often. I think we're going to start with that one. Let's have a look, 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 look. Uh, yes. So one is one is the one, you know, hey, Tim, I want to be a pilot. What happens? That's the one we're going to cover first. Second email, then, is uh, from a guy in airline pilot training. Lost a bit of his pizzazz, okay? So he said, um, what's going on with me? You know what we're doing? And then the last one is a guy that wants to be an INTO, a squinto, sorry, a, a squadron, well, an intelligence officer in the RAF. And what's the question there? Oh, yeah, how much should I know? information overload really so let's get to it shall we all right then before i start then i give a lot of information out here that people do pay for uh, i'm not asking you to do that by the way but what i am asking you to do is hit that subscribe button maybe even the notification bell if you're interested in the live streams and hit a comment down below about what you either think about what i'm talking whether it's a good thing for you whether it's a negative thing it helps me out help me to help you all right first email then today comes in i'll read it straight out to you okay Let's have a look. I've got to look down here. All right. Hi, Tim. Hope you're keeping well during these challenging times. Your videos have been great to watch and learn from during this long lockdown period. I've watched your videos and followed your page for a few years now and find your work very informative to watch. Right. I'm 17 years old and I'm currently studying A-levels. A-levels given then are geography, business studies and like an art subject. Okay. I'm under immense pressure at school to start applying for universities and apprenticeships as I enter my final year in sixth form. But those options are not for me. I'll come back to that. I have a huge passion for military aviation and I'm a keen aircraft photographer. I'm a bit of a geek, really, when it comes to military aircraft. From the age of five, I've attended various air shows and visited many RF bases across the country and I still never fail to be amazed by faster aircraft. Over these years, I've gained a lot of knowledge about RF aircraft and general military aviation. I feel I need to utilise this knowledge by applying it to something. I realised that I need to decide what I want to to move on to in the next stage of my life sooner or later and that I need to have a career that follows my passion you know I'm going to come back to that later you know what I think about passion I've realized that what I want to do is to be a fast jet pilot in the RF what I'd like to know from you is so he lays it out I like this lays out adds a lot of context fine is what I would like to know from you is what I should do when do I apply and what sort of things should I expect from such a career what is life in the RAF like? Would I would really appreciate your advice being someone who's been a fast jet pilot. I understand being the fast jet pilot in RAF is by no means an easy job, but I would be kidding myself if I said I wanted to do anything else. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. Stay safe. Yeah, fair one. All right. Okay. So I get a lot of these emails, guys. Now, you know, if you're 14 years old, um, you, you're not you, you're not on my list for helping. And no offense by that, but you know you're not because you're 14 years old. I, I might, if I can write back to you, I will, but I'm not going to answer all these emails independently because everyone writes to me saying, hey, I want to be a pilot in the Royal Air Force. What should I do? <sighs> okay, there's a lot of things you should do. Um, read everything I've written and watch everything I've ever done. It's all in there. It's all in there. As for when you apply, I always recommend that um, you apply uh, after sick form, also for an entry after sick form. 
And if it doesn't work, then maybe do an apprenticeship or go to university and then reapply again. Gives you twice the amount of chances. You know, I always say as well, if you want aviation, then apply to both the, the Royal Air Force um, and the Royal Navy. If you want definitely to have fast jets as an option or multi-engine as an option. If it's just rotary that you really want, then really consider the Army Air Corps, okay? I've got a lot of friends that have done that route and it's a, it's a very good route. There are problems within it, but there's problems within all of them, okay? Within all of the routes um, that you can take, all the services. Uh, none is really any better than the other. So I would say uh, to do that, don't just apply to the Royal Air Force, apply to the Royal Navy as well. Now, if you're not an academically gifted guy like myself, the Royal Navy may be the better place for you. It's a heavily technical service. However, it very much looks at the individual over the academics. Now, the reason that the Royal Air Force tend to look at the academics first or prioritise that, shall I say, in a certain way, is because they can, because every single person looks up the sky at any jet up there and thinks it's a Royal Air Force aircraft, okay, or any aircraft must belong to the Royal Air Force. Fundamentally not true. When people write to me, oh, I want to fly in the Royal Air Force, I'm like, what about the Royal Navy? And they go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So I'm telling you to think of that, okay, because it saves me a lot of time having to write all these emails out a thousand times. Now, now, what else did you say? Um, okay, yeah, so the A-level choices are interesting to me here, guys. Geography, business studies and art uh, isn't really what I'd expect someone who wants a technical career in military aviation to be doing. I'd expect more of a physics, maybe maths-based um, A-level in that. You've got to be interested in this stuff. Uh, and I'm interested in geography as well and business studies, by the way. And, and art. I've become very much, I'm, I'm starting to write screenplays now. Where did that come from? I'll talk about that in a minute. Um so what I'm really interested in is why those subjects were taken. Maybe this young man, who we're going to call T, didn't really know that he wanted to be a pilot or anything at the time when he had those choices. But really, it is a very technical business flying. A lot of pilots are, are engineers insofar as they've done engineering degrees. I'm one of them. I did mechanical, I did an aerospace manufacturing technologies, H&D, followed by a mechanical engineering degree. Just happened to work out that way because I, I messed up my A-levels. Um, but my A-levels were maths, physics and history. And even that was kind of frowned upon a little bit, not so much by the service, but by my career teachers and everything that were saying, look, you've got maths, physics, they complement each other. History does not. So, you know, but I was very much into history, very much into the history syllabus I was taking, which is all about Third Reich, about the rise of National Socialism in Germany. And fascism, which is very apt for the current situation we're in today, isn't it? From the far left. Right. We're not a political channel. So, um, but yeah, the pressure is real. And at the moment, really, this is the first time these young people start feeling pressure is when it says, look, you've got to go and find out what you want to do. Um, you've got to go and do the things. Uh, you've got to decide whether you go to university or do an apprenticeship. Understandable. I would say the first thing you want to do is really move away from social media whilst you're doing this. It's going to mess you up. Okay. Use it. Plan for it. Don't get yourself involved in Instagram and everything else. This is where other people look awesome and you think you don't look awesome and it just messes with your brain. So just bin that for a start you get better grades. Just because you have a passion for military aviation, by the way, does not give you the right to be in a, in a seat uh, of Her Majesty's Royal Air Force aircraft. Um, and the reason I say that is there's a lot of people working probably harder than you. So one of the things, and I don't say that in a negative sense, by the way, one of the things I, I say to people, and I was spoken to by the, the, it was the recruitment, the Royal Air Force recruitment recently, recruitment team recently, who, who called me up and they said, one of the things um, we really in the interviews we really look at and we really try and find out is the the value add now i talk about this a lot the added value sometimes my wife she works within lots of committees like i do lots of um you know she's the chair on several boards and she's the chair on one really really big thing in the uk and i can't tell you what it is but it's to do with medic medicine that kind of stuff fine 
and she would she sometimes would turn around to me you know and say I don't feel valued by the the committee or whatever and I would turn around and say to her is what you're doing valuable it's quite simple but it might you know that's one of the truth bombs isn't it that hits you right now kapow is what you're doing valuable because people aren't going to value you if it's not valuable you understand what I'm saying so when you say um because I get this as well sometimes when when we have a row we row it's energy it's release it's emotional brilliant and she would say well all I want is a hug and I would say well you're not very huggable right now you know and that's not the right thing to say but you get what I'm saying you know just want a hug yeah you're not you're not huggable but of course I hug because you know know, whatever but what I'm saying is when you say well I don't think you value me or it's it's probably because what you're doing is not valuable it doesn't have any value so what I say to this guy is you're going to need to do more than just some academics okay and you're going to need to justify A-levels, which you can, because they're A-levels. No one really cares about that. But what those A-levels don't give you the opportunity to now go and do is something quite technical at university. It doesn't. Um, and that's fine, of course, because you can do like I did, like an H&D instead. And that gives you access then to a degree course, H&C, H&D, anything like that. Or as you said, you said that, um, yeah, you said that applying for universities and apprenticeships into my final year in sixth form but those options are not for me you limit yourself now unfortunately what you've done is what you are doing is you're saying well i don't want to be i don't want to go to an apprenticeship which i do recommend for a lot of people by the way uh, i don't want to go to university and i also recommend that for a lot of people um so that you haven't got any other options really apprenticeship or university or you go out and fend for yourself in the wide wide world so what you're saying is i want to be a pilot in the royal air force specifically a fast jet pilot um, because you've got a passion and it says here you use the word passion and in a way I wouldn't use it by the way and that's fine because I'm just you know it's another truth bomb but you didn't you didn't you wouldn't have known that um I need a career that follows my passion and I would argue that you don't know what your passion is I've flown with many young pilots who felt they had to be passionate about what they were doing the, and I did answer this recently in fact from a, a chap in a very large air force who was being put on the flight line you might remember it's a few podcasts ago and he wrote to me and he was saying, I'm really annoyed with my Air Force because I do some flying and then they put me out to pasture for three months on a flight line somewhere to help the engineers or something. And then I might do another flying course and they put me out for another. And I'm like, what part of a job do you not understand? All right, that's a job. They pay you money. You take that money. You do what they tell you to do. Okay, nothing passionate about that. All right, believe me. I've been in many, many aircraft in my time where I'm like sulking, like this is rubbish. Okay, and, and to be honest, I wrote an essay called The Passionate Pilot, The Passionless Pilot. Um, get a read of that. That was a student I was flying with. He said, uh, it was like mid, mid-air combat, I think it was. And he said, oh, he just didn't, he wouldn't take the shots. He wouldn't do what he was supposed to be doing. It does take a lot of energy, of course. And he just said, I'm not passionate about this anymore. That did upset me, actually. I'm not an upsetting guy as an instructor. So we did have a chat about that. And, and when I mean that, I mean, we sat down and we had a chat. It's like, this is not open for discussion. This is how it is, unfortunately. You know, you are employed by Her Majesty's Royal Air Force. I'm teaching you to be the expeditious deliverer of a vast amount of exceptional violence. That is your job. It's not a flying club. It's not a flying club, okay? Don't think it is. You are here to kill people. That is your job. You're here to defend the sovereign United Kingdom. I'm sorry if this is a bit of a truth bomb, guys. I'm trying not to use the word kill on my videos much or die because I understand the tangible effects it has on young minds. But what I would say is don't think you're walking into a flying club. When you see their aircraft up there in the sky flying around, people are in those aircraft working exceptionally hard. It's busy. Your training is long. And you can fail at any time, by the way. And I've chopped people on the last trip of the last flying training 
um, uh, sortie they will ever do in their life. I, what I mean is they've done the whole flying training course on the very, far, very, very final trip. We've had to remove them from flying training. And I've done that several times. Not lightly. Yes, they were having trouble before. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I have done it. And I had to do it. It probably kept them alive. Most certainly kept other people alive. Now, so when you say passion, I know it's because you're young. I fully appreciate that. Your prefrontal cortex hasn't yet fully developed and it won't until your mid-20s, which is why it's easy for me to send you to war because you haven't thought yet about consequence. But flying these aircraft may kill you and it may kill your friends. And it probably will, actually. You will go to many funerals. Although I didn't go to funerals myself. It was a personal decision I decided because if I went to funerals, I felt less like I wanted to fly. So I didn't go to funerals. I went to two out of 37 I could have gone to something like that. I did 20 years though. It, was very, it is safe flying, don't get me wrong, but sometimes things go wrong. Um, yeah, your knowledge seems pretty sound. Uh, and I would, we're going to cover the value add now because I drifted off again, haven't I, with a mini truth bomb rant. Look, value add. Remember what I was saying about add? What value are you adding? What are you adding to the service? When you go into the service and you sit there, Officer Air Crew Selection Center or Admiralty Interview Board, um, you sit there in the room and they will look at you and say, talk to me about yourself. And you'll say, right, okay, well, I'm doing geography and business and some art thing A-level. And I decided I didn't want to go to university and I didn't want to go to an apprenticeship. So I'm applying to the Royal Air Force now. And they will look at you and say, well, you've got no plan B here, have you? So you haven't applied to university and you haven't got an apprenticeship. You can still apply to Rolls-Royce for an apprenticeship or something. Well, you need a bit more engineering stuff, obviously. But what I'm saying is you can still apply and then you're in that process going through the Royal Air Force um, OASC process, which is a bit of a faff, actually. I know that because I was asked to reapply and I did to see what it was like. Crikey, you know, I, well, now I know what you guys are talking about. Genuinely, I know. Because um, I'm, I'm stagnated in the process of rejoining the Royal Air Force. Not that I'm probably going to ever, but they, was, they, wanted, they asked me if I would consider, and, long story. So um, what I'm saying is, you know, what is this value adding? You'll be sat there and they'll say, okay, we've got that. So you're doing some qualifications. Brilliant. Absolutely. What else? And you'll be like, um, how do you mean? They'll be saying, well, Duke of Edinburgh? No. Okay. Uh, do you do any athletics? No. Um, do, you, do you do any writing or anything? Or do you do any acting? I mean, you, amateur dramatics? Now, the thing is, I train many young students from all different backgrounds. I haven't got, well, I have probably unconscious biases, but I'm not biased through education at all because I wish I went to one of those private schools genuinely awesome. I didn't ski till I was 28. And I ski and snowboard now, but until I was 28. So, you know, I'm not as proficient as maybe I should be. My brother will testify to that about snowboarding. Crikey. I went snowboarding with him and fell over and got a black eye. Um, in a whiteout though, okay? So that's how double-eyed I was. No horizon. I'm still boarding. But, so I wish I'd gone to one of those schools. And I give talks at rugby and other big schools like that, and they're just fantastic. I can't tell you the difference in those schools than to the one I went to, which was a Catholic comprehensive school. I was very lucky. But when I gave a talk at rugby, the grounds, the school, they've just got, they've got really, really inspirational writing on the walls. Um, in the, so I was in the economics department. From people that are involved in economics that you would not, think you would you'd be like oh my god elon musk i've got an elon musk quote there you know it's incredible the the, the learning the just absorption through osmosis um i understand why prime ministers come from eton for example uh, mainly and if you don't have that you you don't have that you've got to make up for a different way so if you get someone coming out of say rugby or eton or one of these big schools harrow or something satin they've got a's they've got five a levels they've got a first class degree in some amazing subject and they sit in that chair at osc and the, the board are looking at this going, wow, academically, 
wow, that's very, very impressive. And then they start getting into character and they're like, what else do you do? He was like, nothing. I had to study the whole time. They're like, okay, what are you adding to the Air Force? So I want you to think about that. What are you adding to the Air Force? Okay, what can you bring to the Air Force that it might not have already? Um, or what can you bring that's going to add some kind of tangible value? Value add. Think about it in the reverse, okay? Here's you, T. Um, you've got some A-levels, three A-levels, but let's pretend that you're a keen archer. You're, you're like, you, you arch for your county, if that is such a term, to arch. Um, you do archery for your, your county at county level or something like that. You've also, uh, you do a lot of charity work. Um, you're in Bhutan recently um, for two weeks or whatever, helping underprivileged school kids. Um, you, you've, you've helped, uh, I don't know, um, start a small business that sells baseball caps online and you've learned about entrepreneurship and e-commerce. Um, you might run a website or you have a podcast that helps people about gaming or something. I don't know. You've got all these things. When you sit there, you go, yeah, yeah, I've got some A-levels and I didn't really want to go to university or, or do this, but I've got some other projects I'm really involved with. Um, and I'm, I think they bring real tangible value to the service. And, I, and I, you know, they will sit there and go, wow, wow, yes. This guy is adding more value to the Royal Air Force than the guy from Eton or Harrow or Rugby with his A-levels. And I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I would say this is more true, I believe, still with the Navy than the Royal Air Force because the Royal Air Force can choose from the top. OK. Um, and I, I love, you know, I'm a big fan of the Navy. Don't get me wrong. Big, big fan. So I do say really, I do say this to everyone that writes to me saying, oh, I want to be a pilot in the Air Force. I'm like, have you looked at the Navy? Why not? stop being an idiot and look at the army whilst you're there and maybe have a look at the Royal Marines as well because I think the Royal, I think the Royal Marines are fantastic my father's a Royal Marine and I know lots of Marines that's all okay um what else so yeah so it, it is about me 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 this and I understand why because you've written to me about you but I would try and focus less on yourself I want to be a jet pilot and more on what can I bring to the Royal Air Force because you've got to be an officer first, pilot second. I won't tolerate anyone saying anything else, by the way. The Air Force is very much the other way around. The Navy's not so. You're a naval officer first and foremost, and then you're a pilot. The Royal Air Force, I think the problem I had a lot of the time with the Air Force and why I kind of battled was because I, I worked with a lot of people sometimes that felt pilot first, officer second, and that was not what I was taught at Dartmouth on the thing back here. I was taught you're an officer first. Here it is. Where do I point there? Yeah, that's Dartmouth. You're an officer first, pilot second. That's very much a naval thing. Um, what else? Yeah, I feel I need to use like neutralize knowledge by applying it to something. Yeah, you do, but you can apply it to a lot of things, right? Okay. Um, so what would I? What advice would I give you then? What should I do? Apply now to the Royal Air Force. If you don't want to apply to the Navy, don't. Um, when, and I've got another email at the end here that might interest you as well. Um, and what sort of things should I expect from such a career? Well, I've written about it, haven't I? You know what I mean? I, extensively. I can't cover it on a podcast. Um, I think I have covered that it's hard, but that's fine because you're not given a fast jet on day one. You know, you're given, um, well, you're given a grob prefect now. Crikey, that's that's a handful of an aircraft, that is, when I flew it. That's a busy aeroplane. Um, yeah, so either way, it is what it is. What is life in the RF like? We're not going to cover this you know, on a, one of these. We're not. But I think I've alluded to that. It's very structured. Um, it's very structured indeed, very conformist. I think that's one of the issues people have. Conformity opposes creativity. That's why I've come out and all of a sudden I'm looking at museums and art and writing screenplays. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm actually seeing a therapist for that, by the way. Um, he's a good guy. I did see him back in 2011. 
for a couple of times and I'm seeing him now for about five or six sessions and we're working out um, early anger issues from f um, familial sort of trauma, micro traumas. Don't get in there. It's a bit weird. I feel a lot better for it. Thank you for asking. Right. So that's it, really. I think, um, yeah, it's a very conformist structure. Um, also, remember pilots, the reason that, that Maverick was called Maverick and Top Gun, because pilots are Mavericks. And this is where this thing about officer versus pilots come from, unfortunately. Pilots are Mavericks. And um, by the very nature of the fact, they want to leave everyone else behind, don't they? We'll get in an airplane, go away from everyone else. You know what I mean? Rebelling, look at me. Look, I'm looking down on you little people. That's why pilots value... Um, the, the so pilots value information from other pilots. So if I was the land and uh, I don't know someone in admin or something said, oh, "I thought you flew really well there," and well, it doesn't matter, does it? Because they're not a pilot; they don't know. Whereas if another pilot comes up and says, oh, "It was a pretty good trip, Tim," I'd be like, "Yeah, right on." And that will that will stick with me for two weeks because that never happens. <laughs> it never happens. Um, and, and I try to towards the end of my career when I realised the destructive nature of that of not giving praise. I try to bring that in. I try to say to the students in the debrief, okay, talk to me about what you felt went, what you felt went well in that flight. And the student were like, oh, I don't want to say anything. And I'd be like, right, what about your circuit at the end? What about your domestic flying, you know, getting in and out of the airfield? I thought that was quite good. And they were like, oh, did you? And I'd be like, yeah, I did. Okay, so come on. What do you think was good about the flight? Oh, well, I worked really hard on the domestic bits and the landing and taking off. And I thought they were pretty good. I thought they were good too. Okay, well done. All right, take that away. We haven't got to be critical the whole time. We do use what's called a bathtub debrief. You start with the good points. You then go deep into the bits that can be improved. And then you end on the on the good points as well. That's that's the thing. But generally, it can be more critical because obviously we're looking for perfection because pilots tend to be perfectionists, which will do your marriage no good whatsoever, by the way. Just so you know, don't come back to me and complain. That didn't tell you. Because other people aren't like you. I'm doing a video on that in my next video. Yeah, it's no easy job. Okay, fine. I'm going to move on to the next email because I don't even know how long that is, but it's probably long enough. Right, 20 minutes. Let's get this done. This next one's a little bit simpler. Dear Tim, may I first say how much I enjoy the Mario content. I found it particularly helpful and interesting. The flying content was just amazing. Okay, I'm 19 years old and training as an airline pilot at a large flight school in the UK. I won't name it. Good, don't need to know. And at the end of my ground studies, uh, oh, he's at the end of his, is it, this one might be a she actually. I'm at the end of my ground school studies, preparing for my final exams. I'm finding that it's increasingly hard to concentrate on my studies, which is particularly unwelcome at this point as the subjects are ones which we have not touched since mid-April due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. COVID-19 is the disease that comes from Corona. It's actually a Corona pandemic. Okay, just, uh, all right. Fine, let's get it facts correct. Actually, well, you could say that. I don't, I don't care. Whilst I'm not dumb, I've always had to work very hard to achieve good results, something which escaped me in my rather mediocre A-levels. Two E's and an N. Knee. During my time studying... That's what I got, by the way. Two E's and an N in my A-levels. That's factually correct statement right there, guys. And I went to university. I didn't want to resit them, and I did an H&D in um, aerospace manufacturing technologies. During my time studying for my ATPL exams, I have invested a lot of time and effort into getting the best grades I can to maximise my job prospects on completion of my flying train. Now comes my question, and I like this, whoever this person is. Give a bit of context, not much, and then hit me with the question, all right? Because I've heard it all before. No offence, guys. I've been written to, I mean, I get about 20 emails a day, and I just hounded, you know what I mean? I've had so many. Just give me a bit of context. Question. Bang. Make it simple for me to reply to you, Okay. Sure, will, Tim. You won't. Right, now comes my question. I have lost my motivation to work. 
with the current uncertainty surrounding the pandemic and it being almost a year since I've flown. Uh, me and several others I know of have found that we have lost sight of what it is that we are hoping to achieve to the detriment of our studies. This is something that we can ill afford to do as the top airlines require a maximum of one fail and an average of 85%. I myself sit on the mid 90s, so I won't give the exact grade and no fails, but this is easy to lose with low marks and all failures. I'm sure that you faced similar difficulties in the Air Force at one point or another, where you found that you were lying awake at night wondering if you were good enough. So my question to you is, how would you, in my situation, cope with the stress and pressure that was placed on you and attempt to regain some of the motivation that drove you to become pilot in the first place? Thank you for taking time to read this. You're very good looking and you're absolutely awesome. Okay, good. I made the last bit up. Um, okay, so the question then, guys, just to refresh, was how would I, in this situation, this person finds himself, and cope with the stress and pressures that was placed on, um, on them an attempt to regain some of the motivation, motivation that drove you to become a pilot in the first place. Right, that's a nice email, isn't it? Someone actually reaching out and saying, I'm struggling a bit, and that's what we need to do, guys. The reason people hang themselves is they don't talk to people. Another factually correct statement, another truth bomb. That is the truth. And if you don't believe that, then go and look at how many cabin crew BA have had um, who have committed suicide at BA with the uncertainty. Uncertainty is difficult. My wife finds it quite hard at the moment with corona. We like things to be defined. If Boris Johnson was saying, we're wearing masks at the moment, by the way, in the UK, in, the sh in shops. If Boris Johnson was, gonna, was saying, we're doing this for 30 days, that helps people. We can see an end, okay? So right now, this is happening to everyone, not just this person here. But what I'm saying is, we feel these stresses within our body and sometimes our minds aren't constantly aware of that. that and so you can end up lying awake all night. My wife, I'll tell you a story right now, okay? I always bring in personal things about this. My wife um, got out of bed last night, went and slept upstairs because she couldn't sleep, all right? I was crashed out like legend, oh, snoring like a walrus probably, you know what I mean? Not as fat, it's not very nice. But she, um, so she went, and I, in the morning I went and woke her up and went, what's going on? What's going on? And she was like, couldn't sleep, didn't want to keep waking you up. I went upstairs to um, another room in our 17 room mansion. So that's what happens when you leave the Air Force. It's not got 17 rooms. So I said, okay, what's going on? And then she said, well, it's the email yesterday I spoke about. And what happened yesterday was, as I said, she runs many chairs. She chairs committees, boards. Uh, and on one of them, um, she, she takes a particular stance against something else, okay? Because she's been in that something else and she was poorly treated there. Takes a stance. And someone had written a, a, a piece on, on social media. Someone within that committee had written a piece and they'd written for her. They'd quoted her. She hadn't said it, but they'd said, you know, the, the chair, Elizabeth, you know, her own surname, not mine, because that's what she holds, um, says, and then written this kind of um, this spiel about, oh, isn't it great? You know, like politicians do. Well, you, you know this happens because people always start um, emails, or, or not emails, but social media posts, like, great to be doing this with, it's like, no, nah, whatever, what does that mean? What does it mean? Just tell us what you really feel, because you don't feel that. You're just writing it so people look at you and don't think you're an idiot. So she... Um, Great to be working in this environment. I love doing, you know, whatever. No one believes you. So I said, right, what's happened is a man has written for you. How do you feel about that? And she was like, yeah, I don't like that. I said, right, so you're going to bottle that anger up and it's going to affect you. And she said, well, I'll write to him in the morning. I said, don't, if you write to him in the morning, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight, are you? You know what I mean? Write to him now. Give him a call on the phone. That's the best way, by the way, direct. If you're angry with someone, don't write them an email. 
or write it, don't send it. Don't be an idiot, all right? Wait till the morning. It's always better in the morning, okay? Reread it. You will correct it, trust me, and then send it. If you send emails, people have them for life and they can quote them back at you and they can take them to your boss and they can highlight passages and they can stick it on the fridge at work, okay? Look what this person's done to me, waving an email around. If you phone them up or you go face-to-face, okay, and you speak to someone, what do you mean speak to someone? Who, who speaks to someone nowadays? Then they, they can't, they, have, they don't have anything. You can, you can say to them, look, I go to people now, what I have to say now is, um, uh, what do I say now? I've got to be very careful about this. This is, this is, this, you know, I, I coach a lot of people, which means their energy, I have to get out and I have to go and see another coach. And it just so happens to be a therapist I've worked with before. And what I have to say about my anger now is, I feel angry about that. Not, you've made me angry, because that's not necessarily true. I can't blame the other person, but what they've said has made me angry. So I say, you know, I feel, how do I feel? I feel angry about that because that's a way of me getting that anger out. All right. Getting the anger out. Okay. That's the thing. It's an emotion. All right. Emotion. It's, it's Latin, isn't it? It means to move it out, move outwards. I can't remember what the Latin is. Anyway. So, um, so what I'm saying is she couldn't sleep because she, because she had all this anger in her. Okay. And it's because the times we're living in right now are quite volatile. Um, race wars. What is that about? Culture wars. Um, there's trans wars, transphobic or JK Rowling and all that stuff, you know. Ah, oh, some strange people in the world. Not her, by the way. Other, you know. Um, and, uh, and of course, the pandemic. So we're in a weird time. People have got too much time in their hands, uh, genuinely, and I think that's difficult. So you're feeling unsettled because you are, and everyone is. So what we have to get is some focus back, don't we? Um, I've had many nights where I haven't slept before trips uh, that I've been, and even when I was most senior pilot at Valley, I was OC standard, so everyone looked at me to set the standard. So you can understand, I didn't want to trip up and fail. But the way I got over that was by saying, well, if anyone is able to trip up and fail and use it as a learning lesson, it should be me. And that's when I changed the way I'd operate and I'd come back and I'd say to the squadron, I made a mistake today. Uh, and then the whole squadron thought, well, if Tim can say he made a mistake, then we can be open with our mistakes as well. And openness and humility in aviation is essential, else you will end up, kill- well, not. I can't say that. I'm not going to say it. You will end up not killing yourself. This is the thing. This is how we talk in the military. Um, you will end up uh, making, no, you won't make mistakes. You probably will kill yourself, to be honest, because you yeah, you're not being humble about it. So you've got to be open. And it's difficult in the airline industry because you're opening yourself up to to, to ridicule, I suppose, because it's a business, isn't it? How you do that, guys, is up to you. But I would, um, I would like to see a very positive learning environment within airlines. But what you're saying is how, yeah, what you're thinking of when he says, where you found that you were lying awake at night wondering if you were good enough. Yeah, that's called imposter syndrome. I've written about that extensively and self-sabotage, which is quite common, where people feel they're not good enough, so they don't, they, they fail trips, not on purpose, it's a subconscious thing, they don't think they're good enough. Okay, right, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop, stop. No one thinks they're good enough. No one. Fact, absolute fact. Like, I'm a strategy director in one of the biggest aviation startups in the whole of the UK. Do I think I should be? Sometimes I struggle with it, okay? I struggle with it, okay? Because while I'm a bit of a disruptor, okay, a bit of an innovator, there's better strategy directors than me in the fact fact there are I know there are I know them I know them I work with them in other companies but what I bring is something a bit different okay and very soon I'll probably move across the training director because what I'm, what I'm doing is actually building the training for aerialists okay and so I'll go and do that and I'll be there but do I feel 
I feel I've got a lot of experience, absolutely, but I've still got a lot of, I'm still missing, I'm still ignorant of how the civilian world works within these, I'm learning. I, I speak to a lot of people, but I know I have flaws. I know I have flaws. Why do I have flaws? Because I didn't do it for 20 years. I flew fast jets. I taught people to kill other people for 20 years. That will have an impact on you, by the way, when you leave. That's just one of those things. So what I'm saying is, yes, I'm flawed. I know I'm not, well, I'm not saying I know I'm not good enough because that's quite, if you keep telling yourself that, you'll believe it in the end. So let's look at this one guy. Right, so you're in flying training. No, you're not good enough to be an airline pilot yet. That's why you're in flying training. Boom, truth bomb again, okay? If you were good enough to be an airline pilot, you'd be an airline pilot by now. But you're not. That's why you're in training. Don't beat yourself up over it, all right? I say this to my students, well, I don't teach now, but I said this to my students at Valley. If you were good enough to be on a typhoon squad and you'd be there already, but you're not, which is why you're in training. And that is a good thing. I'm not having a go at you. It's a good thing. So settle down, read the books, allow yourself to be taught. We've got very experienced guys here. I've got two tours in Iraq for crying out loud. Some of the guys over there being instructors come back from Afghanistan about three months ago. Listen to what they say. That's all we're saying, all right? Work with us. You know, be a, be a great student and I'll be a great instructor. And it's a great team. Great student, great instructor, great output. Okay, that's what we're looking at. So no, you're not good enough at the moment, but you're not supposed to be. Does that make sense? You're not supposed to be. All right, it's brilliant. I love it. So don't worry about that. Get the sleep. Recognize the fact that you need your, your nutritional needs to be. I mean, I, I run this course called the Spin Recovery Program for men going through transitional times, otherwise known probably as midlife crisis. I don't denote it as that. I see it a recalibration of aspiration. Anyway, one of the first things I teach them is about sanctuary. Right, there are things we need to do in the morning when we wake up, and they need to be done by yourself. This is this is an expensive four-figure course and you're getting one of the crucial lessons for free out of this you need to get down in your kitchen somewhere out, out with a piece of paper something like that it doesn't matter a book if you want to write in by yourself away from the family and friends and you have to concentrate on your spirituality all right that means you can do your meditation if you want to your mindfulness deep breathing techniques doesn't matter whatever it is but something a little bit spiritual i'm not talking about god if you want to play with god and everything do that fine happy um i was brought up a catholic so i don't want to play with god anymore two um uh, activity. So we need to do an activity. So this can be just press ups, bit of stretching, get that body moving because it needs to move. We are moving people. Okay. Absolutely correct. And what I'm going to do as well is promote at the beginning of this video, um, some guys uh, who sent me some stuff. I'll do it now. So these are called the development society. Sent me some t-shirts and stuff, guys. Um, dev sock. All right. Sent me some badges and, uh, go and look at them on the, on the internet. If you're interested in doing stuff, that's a bit different. There we go. Dev sock, all right? So, I don't put it in focus. There we go. So the Development Society. If you're a man and you want a bit of a challenge to be held account, carry the burden, the heavy loads go over there. Anyway, right, so I'm talking about activity. So do something active in the morning. Not talking about amazing runs, talking about little runs. Next one then. So what are we talking about? We uh, went through sanctuary. First of all, letters S-A-N, nutrition. You've got to plan your nutrition. What you eat is who you are. If you're eating rubbish stuff the whole time, your body is sluggish, okay? Slow. You don't want to be slow if you're an airline pilot, all right? So start thinking majority of food. You know it should be high in vitamins and minerals, which is green. You know this, okay? So I'm not talking about be vegan or anything like that. If you want to do that, fine. Go and play with that as well. Play with God at the same time. I don't mind. But what I'm saying is really look at your nutrition. Those beige foods are not helping you. And the last one is commitments for the day. Commitments for the day are important, okay? S-A-N-C. What do you've got to do, okay? I wrote about this before. What must you do, okay? What must you do, all right? What should you do? Well, what should I do today? And what could you do? All right, what could I do today? And try and tick off those musts first, maybe some of those shoulds as well, okay? That's the thing. That will help you, 
all right? Because, yeah, you, you're going to be a bit miffed at the moment and a bit out of sorts because everyone is, but you've really got to get your heads back in the book. So what motivation that drove you to become part in the first place? Okay, so how do you find that? How do you regain some of that? Okay, I would immerse yourself back into the culture. All right, I'd speak to an airline pilot. I'm doing a podcast soon with an airline pilot um, over at Flight Date Wingman when I get time. Um, that'd be a good one to watch. But you're in a culture. Like when I say to people and they're like, oh, I don't, don't want to be in military flying training anymore. I'm like, go and speak to some people who are pilots. All right, go and speak to them. I'm on DCS. Come and fly with me on DCS now. A DCS are teaching me aircraft and I'm now going to teach you aircraft with lessons, life lessons attached to them, okay? So the guys at DCS, okay, have given me some aircraft to play with. F5, what I was in this morning? F18 I was in. That's quite a simple aircraft, actually. I was quite surprised by that. Um, I like the F5 more, but that's me. So I'm, using, I'm learning these things, and I'm going out to the ranges and doing some, um, some drops and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's all right. It's, it's very pretty, isn't it, DCS? Anyway, so come and fly with me on a server, and we'll, talk, we'll have a chat. We'll have a chat. Go on, get on Discord, you know? I'm fast chip performance on DCS you'll find me I think I'm in the Green Reapers server somewhere I'll chat you I'm happy with that but immerse yourself okay with people who are in aviation go and watch some of my flying videos I know they're fast jets it's not the point but there is a young guy I did see going through the, the airline process this guy starts up he does live streams I think he was flying Luton to Norway Luton to Oslo was it? I can't remember now and he starts up fresh immerse yourself in it it's going to be your life it's a fantastic job it's a fantastic life really interesting Really technical, love it. Let's get back into that. Now, books are one thing. Yeah, you've got to open a book and read about comms and, oh, who cares, right? I've been there. I've got to learn about the fuel system on a 737. Oh, really? Have I got to learn? It can be fun, all right? It can be interesting. I would also say, share this experience with the people that you're working with. Say, guys, you're kind of struggling, you know? You're not at war with these guys. You're training together. You, you, we, we used to fail courses, an entire course, if they weren't working together, okay? There'd be four guys on a course, and we used to say, guys, last chance. Because the problem is, you know, they, you, the, the problem is, I go and fly with someone and there's something happens, maybe running some weather, whatever, at low level, you know, something happens, hit a bird. That one person, that student learns from that. Now, I can't give that to every other, th other three students because it's all in different environments, different flights, different weather, all that kind of stuff. So he, he or she needs to go and sit with them and go, guys, let's debrief my trip. So I'm at low level with Tim. His, his hair is on fire. Snap, 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 snap. And uh, literally not really on fire, just looking awesome, of course. And uh, we hit a bird. And he said, don't touch that throttle. And I said, why? And he said, you move that throttle, you're going to get a slap. You're not a physical slap, it's a verbal slap. We don't hit students anymore because they're bigger and more fitter than us, aren't they? So they're going to get beaten up. I'm getting old. Um but I said, you know, if you, you and, and he said to me, he said, well, if you move the throttle right now, the engine's working okay. We don't know what state is in. We don't know where the bird went down. Then if you move it just a little bit, it could throw a compressor blade and then we're in a world of pain. So let's just get away from the ground. And they'd be like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's amazing. Mm, mm. What a fountain of, of knowledge this man is, as well as exceptionally good looking. So that's the thing, all right? You've got to be a bit careful, okay? Um, I want you to just get back in with your group speak to them and say hey guys you feeling the same way i'm feeling and they'd be like yeah what you can do well tim said in his latest podcast that we need to talk about flying and and go and watch some dude live stream a 737 in real life um from luton across to oslo and, and this guy's he's an enthusiastic dude uh if i find his channel and i might not a plain what well, plain old ben put me onto him um go and watch some plain old ben vids but uh um, you know go and watch that plain uh, plain old ben um used to fly for fly b before they all collapsed he's a good guy 
So he watches this thing as well. I'm sure he'd be able to tell you who the guy was. Anyway, go and, go and Google that. But yeah, and get yourself back in the books. Realize it's a job. And also, you won't get this chance again. If you drop this, you won't get it again. There's no way. I know people that um, did ATPLs, dropped out, and then went back and do them again. And they were like, this sucks. You know, it just sucks. It, it sucks. If you're going to do it, do it well the first time. Hit it hard. Be aggressive about it. Like, you're there for a reason. You don't want to waste this time, okay? You know, no one knows who you are. No one knows what power you have, all right? You just need to focus right now. It's important. The training comes first. My training was really long with Air Force, and it never stopped in 20 years, by the way. That's one of the problems with being in the military. There's always an upgrade. There's always another course. There's always another structure qualification. You can't ever say no. It's like, oh, I don't want to do the work anymore. I don't want to do the reading anymore. It's like, well, take those wings off your chest and leave them because people that do that work get to wear those wings. What do you want? Oh, wear the wings then. Two sets, Navy and RAF, I think you'll find, in a cross. No, they weren't. Um, let's have a look. Moving on to that last email then. So, yeah, I, I hope that's all right, mate. I, I say, look, I'm just being honest with you there. Or mate S, it might be K, um, if it's a dudette. Uh, it's common. It's common. You're probably, you're probably thinking, who am I to be doing this? Am I good enough? Yeah, and, and because you don't think you're good enough, one of the ways to prove that is to fail an exam and, and not become an airline pilot. And then you haven't got to justify the struggle to anyone. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't become an airline pilot because COVID-19, pandemic. You know what I mean? Pandemic. I was going to be an airline pilot, but then pandemic. If you said that to me, you know, it's toe-to-toe, -to -toe, it's a 1v1, I'm coming after you, all right? Because that's not acceptable, all right? People look for you to make that kind of change. People look for you to be, you're going to, right, not, let's put it, flash me up a little bit now, and I'm a calm man, because I've learned the Wusa in my therapy. I've learned, learned to be calmer, as you can tell. So look, here's the thing. The amount of responsibility is going to be placed on you by an airline is going to be massive. You're going to have 300 odd people down behind you, okay? And they are going to be trusting you with their lives and with the lives of their loved ones. That isn't handed across to someone lightly. That's handed across to someone who is willing to do the work. And I am grateful that that is the case because I fly down the back on airlines and I'm not a very good passenger, strangely enough, okay? I like to see what is in front of me, not out the window, but I'm chill. You know, I've made my peace with the world. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is look at it from the people's point of view, not your own, all right? They're entrusting you with their lives, okay? Does that make sense? So the least you can do is speak to your mates, guys, how are we going to sort this out? How are we going to get through this? We need to work hard so that we're the people in that cockpit with that responsibility because Tim tells me that if I don't do it, he's going to have a 1v1 with me and I don't want that, okay? And you don't want that, all right? You don't want that. I shot someone down on DC yesterday in the face. Have a think about it. Yeah. His wing fell off. Then again, he shot me in the face as well. I don't know how I missed those bullets. It's like the Matrix, like that. It's the Matrix. It's crazy. I shot him first, so they're there. Hope that helps. Uh, let's move on, shall we, to the last one then, because um, I would like to do something else. Okay, let's have a look. What's this one? Oh, yes, good one. Yeah, good. Oh, this is the thing. So... I like interesting emails, guys, and I will talk about them, all right? Because um, this is a lovely one here from a, a dude, I think it is, guy. I'm going to call him M. And I like this. This is a guy that's gone, you know what? What other careers in the RF are there other than pilot? Because, guys, I'll be honest with you. Being a pilot in the RF is full on. There are other careers, I'm not saying I wish I'd done, 
but I could see why they could probably be more enjoyable. Yeah, that's the word. They could be more enjoyable than flying. Because flying can be, well, fly, yeah, what's the, what's the word here? Someone ever said to me, like with flying, they said, what's it like up there? You know, what's it like flying and looking out and, and seeing all this? I'm like, I don't think I looked out. Like literally what I'm saying is, it's like, did I ever look out? Like, did I ever look down and go, wow. I was speaking to, um, there's a mate of mine who was a Typhoon guy, an F-18 Hornet exchange guy. Uh, I think he's on Jaguars. He lives down the road from me here, where I am, in my secret location um, on the Welsh border. And he said, uh, he said he'd look out sometimes of his Typhoon slash Hornet, whatever his flight at the time, at a mountain. And he'd rather be down there walking up that mountain than in the Typhoon. That's, I think it's quite common sometimes. The workload is high. It's busy. I did a video with X-Plane the other day where I transited from Valley Tried to do some aerobatics, standard kind of sorty really, but I was transiting, so I'm going to try and get some staff training in whilst I do it, which is going to be some aerobatics and a PFL, just for currency tick, you know. And um, I did it, explained, I got down there, landed at St. Athens, took the, the VR headset off, and I was like, yeah, I feel like I've just flown a real sorty. I mean, it's, it's full on. I sometimes flew three times a day. Uh, and you wonder why people, you know, turn, you know, I remember, you know, getting back and then those things and going, and because your wife would say, oh, do you want to go to Tesco's? And it's like, no. You know, I want to go home and have a beer. And at the time, that's what I was doing. And then just, you know, chill. Because my brain can't deal with anything else. I have no capacity left. It's full-on sensory overload. Three times, you know, three times a day for weeks on end or something. It's not always like that. Sometimes, you know, I was in a position where I might not fly for a few days. That's all I've got for you, buddy. Right, anyway, write to me again if, you, if you're still struggling. And I mean that. If you're struggling, write to me again. Okay, and I'll help you out. Hi, Tim. I've cut out of the... Oh, look at this. This is, this is legend. Hi, Tim. I've cut out the context of my decisions to save you time in your busy schedule. Mm, solid. Yes, I'm going to answer your email. Yes. Hopefully, I'm still providing you with enough detail to work with. Okay. In short, how do you prioritise your workload? I'm aspiring to be an intelligence officer within the Royal Air Force. I'm approaching it through an NCO route as an intelligence analyst something i'll leave out that something doesn't matter to build strong foundations so that i may excel when i become an officer yeah that's pretty solid you don't have to do that by the way you don't have to do that you can go straight in for the commission but if, if you want to do it that way um and you know i've spoken yeah i mean I, I i think that's not a bad way i would speak to the careers office as to whether that's the most expeditious route for you because it doesn't sound like it is to me by the way but if you want to build that because maybe you've got that skill that you talk about the intelligence analyst bit i don't want to mention because people might not, not they might know who you are and so that's fine but yeah definitely do that um the final stage of my application with original expectations to be in training between all oh, right so about now is in covid limbo as we call it yeah so silver linings i've had time to read but there is a lot from maintaining knowledge of current affairs to a plethora of reading such as the reading list, such as the Chief of Air Staff's annual recommendations. I need to break them down into something manageable. Now, the Chief of Staff always puts out, um, it's like a book club, you know, posh book club. He always puts out his reading list, Kaz's reading list, Chief of Air Staff's reading list. And on it, there is also, there's always some good books, actually. Um, and what he's basically saying is, guys, I'm reading this. You might want to, too, because that's where the Air Force is heading. Um, as a small... There's a small digress here, guys, a small aside. I remember reading something about someone at Facebook. Um, one of the first few employees at Facebook, after the main ones had been taken on, 
they said um they said to this dude uh you know he's like employee 204 they said right um we can give you some stock options with this as well so and he said i don't want it just pay me what i want every month is 30 minutes with mark zuckerberg i want that written in my contract 30 minutes with mark zuckerberg just me and him 30 minutes we can go play tennis go for running or just sit in his office i'll buy him some tea go to the coffee shop they went, oh yeah, yeah, that will save that will save Facebook loads of money, yeah, by because we don't have to give you any stock options, yeah, definitely, yeah. Mark, Mark, you happy with this dude? Just thirty minutes every week, no, every month, sorry. Mark was like, yeah, definitely, mate, yeah, no worries, thirty minutes every week, yeah. To this day, apparently, it could be folklore. It might not be Facebook, it might be somewhere else. It might not be Facebook. There's this lowly employee that gets to sit in the office of one of the most um, wealthiest men in, in the world, and of course, this guy's unsackable. Because he just says to Mark, he says, where are we going as a company this time? And of course, Mark knows this guy really well now. And he says, right, what I'm doing with Facebook, I'm going here, here, here. So all the bloke spends the next month on is learning about those things. That's thinking right there. That's thinking. You understand? That's thinking. So Chief Verstaff tells you that he's reading some books. Maybe read some books. Okay, read some of the books he's reading. All right, now this is the bit you get down to. For instance, there are the sort of problems I have. Right, these are the sort of problems I have. Do I need to understand counterinsurgency for the Malayan emergency or just from Operation Shader? Do I need to know UK air and space power doctrine by heart? Is knowing the Battle of Britain inside out more important than reading up on the future of drones? Of course, these are all important, interesting topics, but with limited time, I need to, to identify what is important. Should it be information that will be reinforced? Should it be information that will reinforce what I will likely learn in training so I may pass with more ease? Or should I be expanding my horizons by reading what will likely not be covered during training so that I will have a wider perspective than what is provided for me in the classroom? Yeah, thanks, M. Right, well, yeah, it's, it's one of the perennial problems, unfortunately, guys. Um, you know, how much learning do you do before you go into the service? Now, if you're in the application stage already, you're going to have interviews and stuff. So it is um, appreciative to find out about the service you are joining, of course. And I do tell people that. It's like when I apply to the Navy, uh, I knew very little about it. What happened? I failed, badly failed. But I did manage to pass my degree and they were about a week apart, my finals and my average interview board. Went back in six months and got a much, much better score because all I did was learn about the Navy. I would start with the deep-rooted elements within the Royal Air Force, okay? And so you start with, with RISE. What does that mean, you know? Respect, integrity, service, and excellence. What does it mean? Why are they writing that? Um, I would, I would look, obviously you're reading the books that the Chief Air Staff's putting out, which is fantastic. And then I would go through and go, what were the main things, campaigns with the Royal Air Force? It's not just the Second World War. Obviously, there were a lot of others. You know, what, what, are people, what would people like me talk about? What, you know, why was I proud to serve within the service? And remember, I served in the Royal Air Force for a fifth of its existence, if you think about that, because it's the, the junior service, isn't it? Very much so. So, yeah, Malay Emergency, I, I would literally give yourself an A4 page of reading on, on something like that. Um, shader the same you know you want to have working knowledge at this stage you don't want to have in-depth knowledge you can pick that up later if you need to uh, but be future focused okay respect the past but be future focused all right we're talking space now you know we've got a space director and all that stuff um you're flying training where's that going to go you know just be having interest in it that's my thing intelligence really work out what the strands are in int intelligence for the royal air force you know um that's what they're going to be interested in they're going to say why do you want to be 
why do you want to join as an intelligence in, in intelligence? Why do you want to be that? And go, well, what I'm really interested in is in this and how we use information and, and this. And they will say, oh, when did we use that before? And you go, oh, right. Well, I, I've been reading some stuff about the Malayan campaign and I'm not, I don't know too much about it, but I have been reading about it because um, with intelligence, uh, what they did in the, the Malayan campaign was, and then relate that to what you're going in for. So everything you're reading relate to the job that you're applying for. You're applying for, I can't, can't find it again, mate. Matess, whatever you are. Um, I always delete the names on these, of course. Oh, yeah, intelligence analyst. So you're going to analyze some in. Fine. Uh, so, you know, go, well, when was the last time that was done? Okay, so what what, what did we see when we looked at Port Stanley's runway after the Vulcans had bombed it? You know what I mean? So, you know, what did we see? Oh, we saw holes on the runway. Yeah, and we analyzed that, didn't we? And we didn't realize that the Argentinians just put loads of, you know, earth on it and stuff like that. But so go and read about that. Like, when has intelligence gone well? When has it gone badly? Um, that's what I would advise. I would advise to always relate it to your application. Be respectful for the of the you know, understand why I went to Iraq and, and Afghanistan, and and also you haven't got to agree with it. By the way, you can say and from my limited reading or personal experiences of that sort of thing, I don't think it would be seen as a good decision to have gone into Iraq back in whenever you know nineties ninety one ninety two two thousand three whatever it might be because always have a reason as well I feel this way because don't just go nah I think it's bad no I, I think it was a poor decision because back it up okay so that's what I'd say I'd say you'll miss things they would say do you know anything at all about X uh, and you can say I know very limited about that I'm really sorry um, my my reading has mainly been on subjects that I've been really inspired by such as um, the Falklands War or, or whatever you know or whatever it was pick something Air Force if you want to I know the Air Force took part um, what I'm saying is you know and say look I, I must admit I haven't really covered sewers or anything or Malay, the Malayan experience I, I really haven't I've been more interested and inspired about reading about this but I'm really sorry but I'll tell you what I'm going to do when I go away um, back home on the train home I'm going to read up everything I, I can because I you know realize that's more important now than I obviously thought it was so I'm sorry about that so that's what I'd say um, never never lie there's no point lying guys we're not those kind of people you don't want to work with liars do you so don't go and lie in an interview be honest and open and say look I'm really sorry I don't know but I will go and look it up um should it be information that will reinforce what I will likely learn in training so I pass it more with ease? Or should I be expanding my horizons by reading and will likely not be covered during? No, I would say at the moment, um, concentrate on the three aspects. Okay, The aspects is an application to the Royal Air Force. You've got to concentrate on that. Obviously, you'll then be on training and then you're concentrating on that. And then you'll be in the workplace. In the workplace, you can do all the reading you want. Okay, When you're in the workplace, go and read whatever you want to. Um, in training, you'll have dedicated reading and it is quite structured anyway. Um, if you want to make it easier in training you probably can't right now because you don't know what that's going to entail genuinely you don't know what it's going to entail so you can't redo the reading for the training as such uh, or maybe you can and I don't know your role that well and I do apologize if that's not correct I wouldn't mean anything by that uh, but I would have thought that you know when young pilots ask me can I get can I read ahead it's like well yeah I'll send you the typhoon manual if you want and you can start reading that but why why don't you concentrate on what you're flying at the moment? So yeah, don't get too ahead of yourself, okay? You, know, you eat an elephant in small chunks, don't you? You don't just go, nom, trunk gone. Well, I do because I'm a hero. But what I'm saying is you, you don't eat an elephant in one go. Um, you, you take small small steps. I think that's one of the biggest problems of the generation that I'm reading at the moment is I want to be this now. And I understand that because you're looking at people thinking that's how it works. Like a switch is flicked and all of a sudden you're, you're a pilot on a, an F-35 squadron. 
that's not how it works, guys. It it isn't. It isn't. And if you if you knew the work, <laughs> I wish someone had told me this. I wish someone had told me this. Seriously. Fine, they didn't. That's okay. I wish someone had told me this. If you if you if you if you could see the work that a student pilot has to do, and how long that work is done for, and what the job at the end of it is actually like, I think a lot of people wouldn't join as pilots. I, I, I'm just saying that. I'm putting it out there because I know there's a lot of people that are really upset that they didn't join as pilots, and I don't understand what they're necessarily upset about having been a pilot. Um, you, you'll leave with work that needs to be done. You will. I've written about it. Um, work that needs to be done. And a lot of people don't do it. And these are why I run these men's courses. And I do work, by the way, predominantly with men. I do coach women, but predominantly with groups. I only work with men. Um, it's men's groups. So these men are doing work. And the more work you can do, the better you're going to become. You, the better your life will become and the better you'll become around your people. I know I'm dragging you off, sub, off subject here, but I've got four minutes or three minutes and, four, um, and 15 seconds. So uh, in conclusion, just give a light skim on most pertinent topics in the Royal Air Force. That's what I'd say. Give a light skim on that so you're, you're, you're informed. That's a good word to use, so that you're informed. A lot of people were sitting in, in the waiting room for their interview not knowing what the Malay emergency was. But, you know, you do. You have a bit of a background understanding of it. Try and relate it to intelligence if you can, because that's quite important for you. And then move on to the next one. Don't, um, no, you don't need to know UK air and space power doctrine by heart, because I can tell you now that the Royal Air Force don't know UK air and space power doctrine by heart. And what is, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there because actually they're open, they're going into a new... It is a bit all kind of innovation yay in the Royal Air Force at the moment. It's like, innovation yay! We're innovating! We're innovating! Running around innovating! It's like, what are you, what are you innovating? What? What? We don't know what we're innovating, but we're innovating! So it's kind of like that at the moment. People, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things going through, diversity and inclusion, all this kind of stuff. It's all a bit kind of, wow, fine, we're doing crazy things. It's calming down. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Get yourself in there, feet under the table, start getting your training done. Um, but I like that question. You set it out quickly. By all means, write a paragraph of context if you want to to me. Just a paragraph and then ask me the direct question, guys. It's much easier for me to get your emails, um, much easier for me to, to put this stuff out. It's been an hour of my time. That would cost you a significant amount of money in, in Civi Land, by the way, and you probably couldn't afford me. But that's all right. That's why I do these things, because the young people. Um, so anything else on there? No, good. Right, look for them for the last minute and a half guys um i would say look these three emails then covering a, a variety of subjects obviously this last one then we've been talking about how much information do we need really when we apply to the air force the key as i said in the first email there was to add value what value can you add to the royal air force why should they take you and not the next 200 people that are lined up or in the case of rf pilots next 1500 people that are lined up why why you you know have you done any charity work you know the, the more you can do you have to remember it's all in good getting great great grades but there's other there's another side to it isn't it you know what i mean you need you need other you need to be well-rounded is a good term to use okay so what value can i add to the air force am i a well-rounded candidate am i well-rounded have i got reasonable academic grades but also i mean my academic grades were poor but i was um i think a flight sergeant in the air training corps at the time for a levels i went on to university and i, I got eventually a 2-2 and a degree again not brilliant degree but i was in the cameron patrol team at um 
Bristol University Officer Training Corps for I did two patrols, both silver medals, and I taught on the third patrol. So and that's, that's heavily that's long range patrolling, and that's something that the British Army sometimes withdraw from. British Army teams withdraw from. It's it's pretty brutal, and you're chased by special forces units and all sorts of random stuff. So when they saw that, they went, "Oh, I get it." So your academics aren't brilliant, but you're invested in many other areas. I was also working and doing some other things like that. Okay, so guys, can leave it there. Really appreciate it. Keep sending me emails in. Tim at Fast Ship Performance and. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Uh, I'll put another flying video out soon because I quite enjoy making them. All right? See you soon.